Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How goes it? Falcon Punch! Ah! <laughs> K.O. <laughs> I have literally, like, that might have been like the first thing I wrote into my notes. <laughs> and you would not believe my crushing disappointment when I realized uh, Captain Falcon is mentioned nowhere in this game. Not at nope. all. No, I was I was also very <laughs> disappointed with that because I mean I, I'll I'll be um, blatantly honest and you know this just let's just shoulder right into it. My nostalgia experience for this is none. I, I never played this game. I did not even know that this game existed until Smash Brothers. <laughs> Yeah. When all of a sudden I'm like, I'm like, who dat? And, and somebody was like, that, that, that's that's Captain Falcon. And I mean, aside from just you know, just just schooling people that I you know obviously know in in classic Smash Brothers because I am <laughs> the best that there ever was or ever will be. As um, every straight white guy is at fighting games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, aside from that, um, you know, I did not even know that this game was a thing. And so then when you were like, oh, we should play F Zero, I'm like. Yeah, that that'll be good because that'll round out my nerd cred because I've got my, my, my nerd cred is sometimes a little bit like Swiss cheese where there are these like weird holes in it when all of a sudden it's like you you've never seen West Side Story. And it's like, sh- dude, shut up, you know. So, so aside from announcing it publicly to all of our listeners, um, hey, this will finally shore that up for me so I can pretend that I've always played it. Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing about F-Zero. Um, I wanted to play this because I had uh, those cloudy memories that i've had some other times where i'm like i have such clear memories of the game and not any of the context i don't remember if i played this at brian's i don't remember if i played this with my brother i don't remember if this was a rental i just know that i played this game a bunch and i know i played it a lot as a young kid and not like as an older teenager and certainly not later into college so like the fact that this is even present in my uh, my like library of classic games is a testament to it being inceptioned into my brain. And, yep. and like, yep. th- there's, so there's two, there's two important things. Uh, first I'll, I'll, I'll do the details uh, for the audience. So uh, F zero super Nintendo game came out in 1991. And if you've ever played any other super Nintendo kart racing games, like say Mario Kart, uh, you will note that this came out first and they obviously learned a bunch of valuable lessons when making Mario Kart. <laughs> we'll get into mm-hmm. all of that. Um, yep. Yeah. But the other thing is uh, I sat down to play this game and I was like, racing game. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I do some co-op with this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to try and be, I'm going to be a good podcaster. I'm going to get the full experience. How the hell do you play this with another person? So like I plugged in the second controller. I'm cause sometimes like it only shows you the menu if there's actually two controllers plugged in. So like, I'm trying everything. And finally I was like, I I got I guess I got to look it up. And so I looked it up and the original F zero only single player, but F zero two, which only came out in Japan was two player, but F zero X on the N 64 
was four player. And what I want to know is why oh. didn't they keep this trend going? I think there should be like an eighth entry that is like 512 players. Interesting. No, actually, no, I guess it'd be I 256. Mean, and, <laughs> yeah. And actually that, that, uh, that, that would be doable now. Totally. Actually. I mean, if you did, you know, if you, if you had it on like the, whatever the switch, you know, like you could totally have it just networked and everybody from around the world is like 216 players. I mean, the wait time may be a little bit much to get that kind of a player match. And I don't know <laughs> about their their servers groaning under the weight of 216 players all moving at 400 kilometers per hour. Was that? I think it was. Yeah, I believe it, it was in KPH. Yeah, kilometers per hour. And, and uh, th- yeah. this would be, this is the, t- I think this was an Atlas game. I don't remember. Publishers don't really matter to me that much unless they're good or I remembered to look at them. Uh, this would be an excellent time in history. They don't matter unless they do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this would be an excellent time in history <laughs> for them to release a, a refreshed version of F-Zero for the Super Nintendo, but with 256 simultaneous racers because like the battle Royale games like Fortnite and uh, PUBG, like those are all the rage. So they should totally jump on that bandwagon. It's definitely not too late. Oh yeah. No, that, that, that game industry is definitely not saturated. There's new exciting content coming out every day. Yeah, lots to do. Um, Still lots to oh, do. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah so but but this game for the snes top of the hour visuals what you got so this game uh one of the few things we do that i would say even crests the concept into research is uh i do in the show notes if anybody ever looks and you should because there's a link to our patreon in there but if you ever look in the show notes uh, the one thing i always include just in case someone is listening to this episode that has never played this game before Uh, I do put a link to the Wikipedia article about that game because that's the closest you can get on the internet to like neutral, unbiased information about a video game, right? It's not a let's play. It's not a, it's not someone else's review. It's just like, here are the raw facts about this game. And so when I was grabbing the Wikipedia link for F-Zero, I couldn't help but read a couple sentences. And one of them was, one of the first games to use mode seven on the super Nintendo. And I was like, no, like (laughs) as if I needed to be told that this is one of the first games to use that janky way of scaling graphics. Oh yes. Yeah. No. And, 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 and whoa, buddy, does it show, you know, I mean like to the point where a couple of times, so it, literally i okay i'm just gonna come clean just just <laughs> at the very beginning I, I don't i don't know whether like what was going on in 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 my life this week but um this game very i i will fully admit that i was biased in my approach to it because <laughs> this game just rubbed me right the wrong way right from the beginning like to the point where i i really desperately at one point like sat myself down like kids were asleep wife was doing something else and i was like i'm going to play this game because i had become so enraged by it by so many like several times and again like normally i i've said that about a game before you know where i was just kind of like this game like was upsetting deeply so but in this one i could tell like that it was just i don't know what was the, what, what the issue was but like i was just angry <laughs> and and man the the, the graphics it, literally one of my the, my top notes is not uh it it it, it does not service gameplay right like so you know like the mode seven is so 
the way that they attack it is so visually disorienting that it does actively make it difficult to run the course. It, you know, it does, and you can. I, I think they made a very wise decision in making the courses largely just empty tracks. It's not until the mm-hmm. end of the later cups, whatever. It's like it's like knight, queen, king. So it's not until the end of like the king cup that you are dealing with like crap on the course consistently. And thank mm-hmm. God, because everything is just whizzing around so awkwardly and, and it's so pixelated and janky. Like they, all of the information is communicated to you through colors, which woe behold you if you are colorblind or have like visual acuity issues because nothing is recognizable or by epilepsy. Oh God, <laughs> nothing is recognizable <laughs> by, by shape because it's moving so quickly it's hard to discern the shape like if you're not moving everything has a clearly defined shape but if you're moving and it's a racing game right so it's like nothing is clearly distinguishable by shape and nothing is clearly distinguishable by placement until you've learned like oh ramps are usually here boundaries are usually or the the like rough patch that slows you down is usually out on the toward the outside right but there are obstacles later in the game. And the only reason you can tell that they're there is because they're like flashing neon colors. So if you have any problems with colors, like, I, I don't know, this game might be unplayable. <laughs> well, and, and, and to me where it kind of comes down to is that, so first of all, two, two things we have to talk about is, is and, and visuals does play into this is that, you know, there's, there's plan practice, improvised gameplay, right? Where it's just kind of like there's gameplay where like you can look at a situation like, you know, magic, right? Where you can kind of look at a situation and you can plan what it is that you're going to do. Right. You know, chess, chess is a plan yeah. game. Right. And, and, uh, and then there's, what do, there's what do you pra- call that? A, it's total information. Right. Where you have all of the information. Exactly. So you have all the information that you need in order to make an informed decision. Right. And then there's practice gameplay where you don't have all the information that you need. You have to memorize. Right. And and learn from that. And then improvise is kind of a mix of the two where you have enough information to make an informed choice. But you're going to have to probably switch up your strategy some way some of the way through because you'll be given new information that will make you be allowed to be making new decisions. For example, um, civilization or like most sports. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, mm-hmm. you yeah. may have a strategy in mind, but then like a player moves in an unexpected way or they fall down or like you, you miss your shot. Exactly. You have to grab the rebound or something. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great examples. And, and I, I am by no means an, an expert on these, but that being said is I went into this assuming that this would be improvised gameplay and it is practice gameplay <laughs> and the visuals a hundred percent are, are, are that, I mean, that's the thing is that the visuals don't, let you they don't give you enough information because of how kind of like you said janky the the mode seven is and how quickly stuff's whizzing at you to where like you can see a thing chances are that if the course is going to do something unless it's you know like i'd say about 30 percent of the time i was able to just like compensate on the fly the other 70 percent of the time i tapped a wall which was fine because then i was able to get back on course you know but but I did tap the wall and you take damage from that, which we'll get into later. <laughs> but but yeah, but I mean, so so that's the thing is that, you know, like it is definitely you, you you have to memorize the courses and the visuals don't prevent that, which is fine if that's what the developer was intending. But I'm not sure that all the mechanics that they chose 
are in service of that. So that that was kind of weird. I I was explaining this game to someone else and I used the term cart racer like totally without thinking about it. Like they were like, oh, what is it? And I was like, oh, it's like an early Super Nintendo cart racer. And then I kind of paused and I was like, wait a minute. Why do I think that? And then the more I played it, the more I was like, oh, because all of its visual and mechanical and control scheme choices are all way more in line with a Mario Kart than a Gran Turismo. And that's not like a bad thing, but to specifically to your point about um, like the, the practice gameplay where you just have to memorize the courses, they do technically give you that information where on the bottom of the screen, you can see the layout of the course, but you can't reference it during the race. Like there's way too much crap going on. And there's the courses start out like a little more complex than a real racetrack would be. And then they just get overwhelmingly nutcase complex to where sometimes like there's even dead ends that I don't know what the point of these dead ends are. Cause you can't jump and there's like, you don't get to choose where there's ramps. So it's like that dead end is literally just there to confuse you because you are coming on a straightaway and you need to make a right angle turn, like literally a hard left or a hard right but it looks, if you're not paying attention, like you could continue to go straight. And if you do, you just smash into the wall at 600 kilometers an hour. So they're really, really expecting you and and designed the game with the idea that you would have to memorize, oh, this is the course that has that dead end. Or you look at the little track map right before you start and you use it to jog your memory. And you're like, ah, yes, this is the course that has that dead end. I need to make sure I don't crash into the wall at speeds that will liquefy my organs. <laughs> uh, if they're calling it Batman versus Superman, they should have called it Batman versus Superman, the punch from space that liquefied Batman's internal organs. God, I would have I would have uh, bought the Blu-ray extended edition of that. <laughs> I would have, even if it was, just, I mean, because I, I would have, I actually, because I didn't buy Batman v Superman, I would have definitely bought it if it was a three minute movie that was just Superman <laughs> flying down from space, <laughs> then punching Batman, and then it just went straight to credits. I would have paid full price for yeah, that. Especially movie. with the Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so with that, with, with that extension, I would say that, um, and this is kind of touches on what we've been kind of talking about, which is there are very few visual affordances in this game, right? So, because um, I think comparing it to Mario Kart is it a best, best way to juxtapose it, right? And now Mario has a number of things going for it that, uh, that you know, this game just would not, which is that, you know, the franchise itself is well known, you know? So, like question mark boxes you know that you want to go hit those so you can leverage those affordances visually more so than this game could which would have to create like basically it's entirely own ip that being said though is that most of the things that were going on i had to approach with like the scientific method like it was not (laughs) intuitive to me what was happening the um for example the whatever that stroke inducing clear or, or blue line area is on like world one map two i don't know it's it, i think it's ice oh it, it makes your car yes yeah it's, it's acts like it's on yes ice. but because of the way the game engine presents the visual to you it makes you feel like you're on acid yeah or whatever i mean i like to me i was just kind of like oh weird blue track area and then i just tried to you know hammer right and then just slammed into a wall i'm like oh i guess that's ice or equivalent yeah. you know so slippery so surface, notice, yeah 
yeah note to self that is slippery or then normal slippery right and so is this a good time um, to point out that these are all hovercrafts and the surface should be as close to irrelevant as anything could possibly be can can we talk about that (laughs) yeah Um, yeah (laughs) yeah no i mean and and that is that is very true my my thought was that and and that i was loath to mention it because i was like this could be theoretically defensible is that it's not ice it's some electromagnetic interference that prevents your hovercraft from gripping the yes. ground. And, and so this know? is something that the visuals do to your point is they can't rely on things like, oh, this is a question mark block and you know roughly what that does, right? But they do have other affordances like you roughly get that this is a car-like vehicle that is driving on a track-like surface and that different like textures or consistencies or whatever of the track will impact your driving. Even if those don't totally make sense, like a rough patch, it's like, Oh, well over there there's it's there's it's, it's rough and it slows you down. It's like hovercraft. <laughs> yeah. Hover. Craft. But they need a good yeah. way to communicate that information yeah. with the fidelity that was available to them and with the speed that you need to process that information. So I, I get it and I'll forgive it. But it, as an adult, part of me is just like <gasps> hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> this shouldn't be a problem. It's a problem for me. Um, the other visual affordance that I I got frustrated to the point where I was like, there has to be an in-game solution to this. <laughs> and then that's what led me to what the solution was. Um, and, and and I do try to, you know, because obviously this podcast has helped, helped me as a player because I'm like, you know, it helps you think like a designer, right? So there have been times when I, I try to check whenever I'm like, a designer would not, a good designer would not do this. You know, to like mentally think like I did have to think that way, though. Mm. It didn't just happen, you know, which was um, about the third or fourth time I made one too many mistakes and exploded (laughs) in a heap on the side of the road because my power was out, which I didn't really care for that. Like, I didn't care for it being called power. Like, I would have preferred like like. like ship integrity or I mean, I know that's like wording, but, you know, power. Anytime there's a weird word choice, I shield. Shield would, Shield have, been nice. would have been excellent. Um, and <laughs> even just like hull, right? Like Ooh, but, yeah. But yeah, anytime yeah. there's a weird word choice, there's always a part of me that's like, are we seeing the best word? Or are we seeing a terrible translation? Yeah. And especially in, in a case like a HUD, because Japanese mm-hmm. is a way denser language than English. So if you only have five or six characters but they're japanese characters you can convey volumes more information oh yeah than you can in it that, that's like a freaking poem yeah. you know yeah, i mean it really is so it's 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 one of those things where i i agree with you that we didn't play the japanese version we don't speak or read japanese so we had to deal with the word do power you, well i mean do you not? i mean just mandarin and korean um uh, i'm, I'm, trouble, I'm right? working on japanese <laughs> um get cultured you pig um, <laughs> So, <laughs> uncultured little piggy but but I, you know so we we didn't play that we're not dealing with that and that's an assumption i don't even know that that's true maybe it just says power in japanese maybe they even wrote the english up there because japanese media does that sometimes um but what we dealt with was the english word power and that does not immediately tell you when this is depleted you die no it doesn't and in fact what i thought was like power i thought boost you know boost like fuel engine. i mean it is a car yeah yeah, exactly. So I was like, power. So I was like, oh, so that should be a thing where I should be able to hit a button 
and then I will consume power <laughs> to produce work because <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm no physicist, but I think that that holds that, up. That is, so, that is uh, close. Yes, I, I I don't want to bore you with the math, but let's say your your oh. reductive simplification is sufficient. Okay, so so we got to go through this quick tangent because I'm, I'm just I'm going to be sick with rage if we don't. Which was uh, we both went to college together, uh-huh. right? And 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 I majored in chemistry, which took me all the way up to Calc three, and you majored in information technology, which. Um, took you through statistics, right? Uh, Stat and pre-calc. Stat and pre-calc, right? And so at one point I was lamenting the fact that I was in Spanish 2 or something like that and how difficult this class was and that language wasn't my thing, but I had to do it to fulfill my language requirement. And then you smugly turned to me and said, yeah, I don't have to take a language requirement. And I said, why? And you were like, well, I'm I'm taking stat. And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Well, for my major, I'm considered to speak the language of math. (laughs) <laughs> and I was so agog and blind with rage that I don't think I was able to adequately respond to you at the time. Yeah, well, I mean, like 14 years later, you're still carrying this chip on your shoulder for one. For for yeah. another thing, I'm amazed <laughs> that it took 49 episodes for this story to come out <laughs> because yeah, we've right? talked about math and language <laughs> more than once. Uh, and three, just for my own like defense, I want to make it clear that I did not agree with the university's <laughs> assessment of me being fluent in the language of math compared to someone who had a far more math than me. I was just benefiting from their stupidity. Right, which is which is fair. <laughs> um, but but all that being said, like that's that's what I figured that that particular health bar was was going to do. But it said it's it's structural integrity. Fine, I'll I'll take a deep breath. Let's all move past it. So. Um, so then apparently there is another seizure inducing strip to the left of the start line, which you can use to replenish your health, right? Um, nothing about the visuals that happen the first time you go across that, because the first time you see that, okay, so, so you're at the start line. The first time you see that, right, is you're taken off. You've got full health, right? You know, so the first thing I did was I saw something I could interact with and it didn't look, you know, terrible or awful. So I'm like, Oh, let me do that. And a unidentified flying object hovered above me and started to beam me up, which was kind of aggressive. I didn't, I didn't care for that. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm in my underwear. I'm, I'm playing this video game, you know, and, and I don't like it when the aliens are trying to get me. So I, I was like, I don't know what that does, but I know it didn't. And, and here's the problem is I didn't know what it did. I knew it didn't do anything good. Because nothing good because happened, you already had full right? health because I already had full health, and it wasn't until like you know I had taken so much damage I'm like there has to be there are no power drops, there's nothing like that there's got to be something oh, it's that dumb UFO isn't it you know and then the second time like well the fifteenth time I was running, but the the on the second lap after I'd taken some damage, I went over there and I got some power back and I was like, ah, got it so, so this is. Oh man, I'm 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 having feelings right now, like like design feelings. Because uh, first off, I know generally speaking, we try to only play games that both of us have played. But you know, life is a thing that exists, and we can't always do it. And sometimes we don't do it on purpose. Um, as soon as you said there's this like crazy colored strip right next to the starting line, I was like, yeah, why would you know what that does? <laughs> and then here's my answer to that question. But before I answer that. Even if you had a good feeling that you knew what it did, 
the visual after you go on it of a UFO shooting you with lasers does not necessarily go with your gut instinct that like, oh, maybe this is nope. maybe this is a helpful area. Here is my because there are no allies. There's sorry, real fast. There's no allies, right? You you are alone in the universe, <laughs> you, you right? Every other thing moving is out to get you and Falcon punch you to death, as you will find out later in the series. Yes. So like, so naturally, I assume I'm like, there's another ship. It's probably doing something bad to me. Yeah. Here here's the one thing that I will say. I am almost positive they're doing intentionally. The reason there aren't health drops on the course like you would see in like a Mario Kart or another like kart style racing game is that power up area is the futuristic version of the pit pit. in NASCAR. And I'm positive that that did not ever occur to me as a kid. But on this playthrough, I was like, God, this is so stupid. Why do they do it this way? Oh, it's like the pit. It's which is why it's off to the side of the court. Oh, Oh, but the thing is, even if you knew about racing, but you don't know about this game, you go over into the pit for that very first time and you start getting shot by lasers from a UFO. And that does not line up with your conjecture. Your conjecture is, oh, it's like the pit. And then you get shot by lasers. (laughs) (laughs) So so even that, like they were using a racing metaphor, but then the visual is kind of counterproductive. Well, and even if, because I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not, I'm confident that they could have accomplished this. You know, like there are some visual affordances they could have given you. I mean, first of all, let's just let's just kibosh the UFO just yeah off yeah. the top, right? Let's just that's not great. Um, but like if they had like little like up arrows, you know, like by your car because you're looking at your car, right? So if they put like up arrows or like little pluses or you know like 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 uh, the word you know shield or power and then like a little like recycling thing flashing like anything anything to say like hey this is this is it's a good thing and it, and it is doing something like positive yeah. you yeah. know all, all of those like, would have been within the realm not just of the super nintendo hardware's capabilities but also the design sensibility of the time like Nothing right. about what you just described was discovered in the early 2000s of, you know, video game design. Like, that was all stuff that existed at this time. Yeah, yeah. So that that was something. And again, you know, like I said, by the time I had gotten around to stress testing scientific, doing the scientific method, forming a hypothesis, testing my hypothesis, and coming up with a, you know, theory, right? Like, I, I was already relatively frustrated. So, you know, again, I just don't really feel... So, for me, personally, for the visuals, um, in service of gameplay... Now, put a pin in that. Visual, <laughs> visuals, for visuals' sake, I actually kind of enjoyed I thought that all the, the courses were, like, they switched it up. You know, they weren't quite as endearing as the, like, Mario Karts were, you know? Like, they didn't really... It didn't feel immersive because you're on this track and, like, basically the background changes... Yes, the the horizon is variable and nicely done, but the world immediately outside of the track, like right on the other side of the boundary, is shifting so fast because of the mode seven that it's usually just a muddy mess and sometimes is literally a muddy mess where it is just a mass of colors. So even if you're sitting right. still, there is a mass of moving colors. And then when you're moving quickly, it's a disorienting mass of moving colors. 
Right. So, I mean, you know, like the, I did, I didn't, you know, credit where credit's due. I think that, you know, they did try to vary it up to be like, oh, now you're on a beach and now you're on like a, now you're in a desert. And it's like, yeah, it's all great, but it feels like I'm on a racetrack with a TV in the background of a desert, as opposed to like in Mario Kart, where you really feel like you are in Bowser's dungeon, you know, because you're able to interact with the dungeon, yeah. you know, to some capacity. And the actual dungeon itself varies up, you know, like, like, for example, in, in, in 64, you know, there are swamps, you know, and those can, those can mess with you. You know, there's, there's pieces of the, uh, with Boo's castle, you know, like where there are Boo's that, you know, like you can see moving through the background and stuff like that. It, it really feels like you're a part of it as opposed to this, where it just feels like that you've been magically teleported to this insane track and it's just on a new backdrop. Do you, you ever know? see so, the, uh, the live action movie version of speed racer i love that movie right? um yeah, yeah yeah no oh man and 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 the thing is that i haven't seen it in a while so i'm really oh man that's one that's one we got we should do oh, it's not a video yeah. game we should we, we should just yeah, watch that some you point, and i I'm, can just watch that movie <laughs> yeah because like god i loved that movie when it came out i thought it was a really faithful adaptation to the just the wacky hijinks of you know the cartoon but anyways what well, were you the, the reason i mention it is because in the cartoon, all of the racetracks were, you know, racetracks. Like, they were going at absurd speeds and crazy things happened and all the cars had, like, weapons and tools and stuff. And, like, that's all true. But in the movie, the racetracks are all even more fantastical and usually just floating kind of out in, in like, like they're quantum locked hundreds of meters off the ground. <laughs> and... The reason that that matters is because several of the races happen in like an incredibly scenic place where everything is like really beautiful. But from the driver's point of view, that must all be so far off in the distance that it just looks like a matte painting. Whereas if you were right. driving in Monaco or, you know, if you're running the, the London Marathon versus the Boston Marathon, like you can tell because you're like down in the city. Whereas like a lot of these uh, courses are in like futuristic cities, but they're not. They're like in the suburbs where people act like they live in the city, but really they're like a hundred miles outside of the town. Like that's where all of these racetracks are. They went out to where they could buy the land cheap. They built a racetrack and they were like, oh, it's right there in LA. And it's like, no, it's not even close. It's like out in the ocean off the coast of California. <laughs> and LA is just visible barely on the horizon. And and that, that does create <laughs> like a weird amount of separation. Yeah. So so anyways, those are those are my notes on visuals. Do you have anything else? I, I do have this one other thing and and I don't I'm surprised you didn't bring this up, but uh the HUD uh it yeah. omits a piece of information that I personally think is non-negotiable and it includes a piece of information that I think is useless. So whenever you are playing a racing game, I presume the object is to do your best. And your best if at all possible, is to take first by the biggest lead you can, right? Like, mm -hmm. you, because you don't want to just take first place. You want to make sure that you can't possibly make a mistake and slip into second, right? So you want to take first with the biggest possible lead. So one of the things you would need to know is your position, right? But then you would also need to know what lap you're on out of laps total, because if I'm in third place and I want to be in first place, how much time do I have to close and th close that gap and then create a gap of my own? 
if if John is driving at 55 miles an yeah. hour and starts at time zero and then Susie starts driving. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that to me is racing information I need. Where am I? How long until the race is over measured in laps, right? And this game tells you what lap you're on as you complete a lap. And then that information goes away forever. And it, it's just not on the screen anymore. It's not even, It's not on the pause menu. It's nowhere. You do not know what lap you're on. And these are all five lap races. So you can actually forget which lap you're on. And like some other, I, I feel bad continually referencing Mario Kart, but like Mario Kart had a pretty clever way of handling this, which is the information is displayed on the HUD. And when you're on the final lap, the music is faster. So even if you don't have the wherewithal to like look at the HUD in your peripheral vision on your giant 12-inch television, you still know that you're on at least the final lap because the music is faster. This game does nothing to communicate what lap you are currently on except right when that counter increments by one. And that, to me, is unacceptable. It is additionally unacceptable in light of the fact that they tell you the place you need to finish in to proceed to the next race. Like... Tell me if I covered that bet after the race. But instead, <laughs> in the top corner where the lap counter should be, it says like safe five. And that means if mm -hmm. you take fifth place or above, you will get to go on to the next race and you won't have to retry this race. I don't, that's not like when I'm driving the car, that is not the most prevalent piece of information for me. Like that is something you tell me after the race is finished. And and here's the fun thing is, is there's, Okay, so there's two reasons why I didn't point this out. One um, is, I mean, w w let me first say, why I didn't think of it. Um, because it's not like I, like, oh, I had this, like, lots of loaded. No, I didn't think of it for two reasons. One is, um, and we'll get into this mechanics, is the rubber band physics with this are so strong <laughs> that I didn't really feel I had any agency, so I didn't really care what lap I was on. But... <laughs> Two, the reason why I didn't mention the extraneous information is because I actually had no idea what that I Had meant. to look it up? Yep. Yeah, when it was, like, 10, safe five safe i'm like cool what i don't know no i, I <laughs> no idea what that i was meant. trying to puzzle it out like organically and i couldn't do it and i was like i'm not going to just play hundreds of races to try and discern the meaning of this one value so i just i had to look it up on game facts i was like this is this is the the caliber of design in this hud that i'm dealing with is i have to ask people to reach back into their memories and be like, you remember when you played this game as a 10 year old, what the hell did this mean? And they're like, ah, yes. Well, that means that you're safe to move on to the next race. You're like, was that not an option? I don't know. Um, so, uh, but actually though, to, to, uh, like you said, like Mario did the great thing of in, in addition to having the visual on the HUD, having the music speed up as you went through. So speaking of music, well, well done, well done. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm disproportionately <laughs> proud of myself. It's the best audio related thing you've done in the entire show. <laughs> oh, by far, like not even. Um, so <laughs> the, the problem with the audio in this game is, uh, if I played this more regularly, I think I would probably have contrib uh, uh, committed some of these tunes to memory because they're actually pretty good little chiptune songs. Like, it's a it's a very futuristic sci-fi kind of uh, visual world, and the audio slots right in. Like it, it all feels pretty cohesive, and they're pretty catchy little numbers. But 
I didn't play the game enough as a kid or now as an adult to say like, oh, I could hum a bunch of these tunes for you, right? When I hear it, I'm immediately like, oh yeah, yes, okay, I recognize this piece of music, which I think is a step in the right direction, right? That's a step toward hummability. Uh, the notable exception and the thing that is throwing a major wrench into my ability to talk about the music in this game is uh, Captain Falcon is in Smash Brothers and there are mm. F-Zero like battle arenas and they use mm -hmm. the Mute City music and that's pretty deeply baked into my memory from years of playing Smash Brothers. So I can't honestly say if I remembered that tune on its own merit. I'm pretty sure I didn't. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering <laughs> right the Smash Brothers melee version. Yeah, even in yeah. yeah. So that it, yeah. but it's a good tune. Like I get why they chose that one specifically. First off, it's the first piece of music you hear in the game, but it's like I get why they picked that one to be the one they used on the stage in Smash Brothers, because like it, it's a good piece of music. Like it's it's legitimate. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And, and actually, I did really like when I was driving around, you know, the courses, I, I, I did feel that the music was very enjoyable. It was different for at least all of the courses that I, I did. Um, and yeah, and the, the music was was gen genuinely enjoyable. Like I, I enjoyed listening to it. it. It didn't have any anything that was like pitchy or like, you know, when I was listening to it, I was just kind of like, wow, I wish that this would end, um, you know, like noises or anything like that. Um, the the sound effects i thought were were also relatively good um i i thought that you know with the both the visual and the sound effects like when you are doing something wrong it lets you know both with a visual and like through through audio like it, it changes basically the, the sound of the engine you know so yeah, the, the, end, goes more the like a, noise uh, is very satisfying mm -hmm. yeah that that kind of like I don't want to do it, yeah. but you know, like the, that, that zooming. Yeah. Like that, that all of the sound effects are very sound. The, the sound effects are appropriate. Like, so the ones that are supposed to be satisfying, like moving at tremendous speeds, that is, those are satisfying. And the ones that are not supposed to be satisfying, like slamming into another vehicle, <laughs> those are, those are not satisfying and they shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> like one of the things that I actually um, noticed recently is uh, my son and I have been playing Lego, uh lego harry potter right nice. um yeah no it was, it was, it was i was like what, what, what's a good game that you know would be a good a good you know good for his literacy level right and one of the things i noticed is that uh the harry I, well i went with the harry potter one because originally i got like the new batman one and i realized that they have realized that their market marketing audience is not people with low literacy anymore mm. because they've made those games way more complicated right. so but the harry potter ones that this was you know back when like it, it is age appropriate for for Teddy, but one of the things I've noticed that's interesting is uh, sound effects and visuals can absolutely, if they are, if they feel good, incentivize poor behavior. For example, jumping off the side of a cliff <laughs> in those Lego games causes you to explode with pips, which if you don't know or have the concept of numbers, right, and you don't see the numbers go down, you're like, ooh, get all of these additional pips for me to pick up. And the fact that it, like, makes this, like, little satisfying, like, scat satisfying, like, scatter of pips, like, noise, and it's like, like, dude, he kills himself and laughs and laughs and just thinks it is just the best thing ever. And I'm like, dude, and I'm just perpetually like running around desperately trying to pick up all of the pips that he's dropped. And he's just like, ha, 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 ha. and he just jumps to his death again. So 
I told you all that to, to tell you this, which is you, you really want things that shouldn't be happening to not have a satisfying visual or sound effect. And this game does accomplish that. Yeah. And in Harry Potter, they are trying to make something as gruesome as falling off a cliff and dying non threatening and non-violent like hey you just lost some pips you can totally keep playing right whereas in f-zero it's a much more mature aesthetic right they're not catering to people who are afraid to see like an explosion because like you explode when you run out of power and it makes a oh, it's yes. one of the few i actually put this in my notes it is one of the only bassy sound effects and it's not because the other sound effects are like too trebly and grating they actually do an amazing job of doing lots of swooshy noises that are not like ear poison but the uh the <laughs> engine noise and the explosion noise one of which is very good and the other of which is very bad are two of the only like bassy sound effects in the game and the explosion noise is really like it's a satisfying noise in that it is well executed but when you see your car go away and you you hear the like, and then the camera pans around and there's literally a smoking crater where your car used to be like that communicates information pretty clearly. It is really obvious to you, even if you can't read the words on the screen, you know, you died, try again kind of thing. It is really obvious to you like, oh, I'm I'm no longer racing like that. That that is a bad sound effect because I'm here to race, and when I heard the boom noise, the racing stopped. Right, so it's it, yes. it communicates information in a satisfying way without incentivizing it. Right, I, I, and 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 I would agree with that, and I think that all the 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 other sound effects kind of fall in line with that. Um, honestly, that's that's kind of what i had for for audio which is you know the music is is very the music's very satisfying the sound effects are very appropriate i think that honestly as far as sound goes the game is is very solid yeah and and i think especially in contrast to the visuals because there's so many places because of they were trying to do something really new right like mode seven and this idea of like the car doesn't actually move the world moves around the car like all of that was it's it, it, sorry it's 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 farnsworth it's farnsworth engine. Oh, no we had this exact discussion when we played mario kart because <laughs> well i feel just as creative as i yeah we had it the first no it, i mean and it, it is farnsworth engine because the this is an amazing technical leap right is someone realized oh we can spin the entire world in a way that makes it look like you are moving through this massive space when technically speaking the car is not moving at all right it orients itself it change like it looks like it's turning one way or the other but the world is moving around the car and uh this is this goes back way back in the old 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 days of arcade racing games but on this kind of hardware to do it with the mode seven was very interesting. And when you contrast how poorly that has aged to how very well the, 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 when you hit the wall and it makes the electric like shield, it should be a shield noise, not a power noise, but it, it makes the, the <laughs> you took damage noise. And when you explode and the, the hum of the engine never gets grating, right? Like, especially cause it, when you, when you let off the gas, when you let off the, plasma i don't know what it is when you let off the accelerator um and then you hit it again it doesn't immediately go back to humming it actually makes like a little like afterburner like pop noise just like an engine would sound when it's firing up like a jet engine makes that like and it like 
it's like it's a, not only a good attention to reignite. Yeah, it's not yeah. only thank you reignite. Jesus Christ! <laughs> not only not only is that excellent attention to detail, but it it's, it feels good. Like you you feel satisfied when you like let off the accelerator to make a tight turn, and then you like fire the engines again. You're like and you take off. So it's like those sound effects uh, held up incredibly well, and even more so in contrast to the janky pixel mess that is the background of all of the courses. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, gameplay and controls. Yeah. And I do have a specific control story, which I feel like coincidentally has been happening a lot recently, but depending on the order people listen to these episodes in, maybe, maybe it's not happening a lot from their point of view. Um, I, maybe it's about to happen. Uh, a lot. Uh, Whoa. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Farnsworth engine, but with time. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, this, this hardware, it, it ages, right? Uh, the, the games are solid state, but all things suffer the inexorable march of time. As, as well, well put, Asamandias. Exactly. So I sat down <laughs> to play this, the very first session of this playthrough, and I, I'm not exaggerating, Five seconds into the first course, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. These are the worst controls I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> I'm crashing into other cars. I'm crashing into walls. I'm like, I actually played through the first uh, race and then put the controller down and was like, there's no freaking way my concept of this game, like in my memory, is this far divorced from the actual reality? This <laughs> cannot be true to where I actually went and got one of my other controllers because this controller is like the, it's, it's the colorful one. So it's the one I use most often. Cause I like it. It's like the Japanese colors. So like I actually went and got one of my other controllers to try and see if the controller was actually broken and it is actually broken. <laughs> and just this wave of relief came over me because it's like I didn't want to think that my memory was that janky where I was like I remember these controls being fairly tight and fairly okay and so like <laughs> I was like oh thank god it is actually the controller's fault and of course it happened in a game that's not two players so it's not like I'm sitting there with my friend being like no my oh, controller's no, broken this bullcrap yeah well yeah and I mean like because I'm sure that you were like, like it, it is it's always re refreshing to know that your memory is not so janky. So you didn't have to like call up, you know, Big Bird and Spider-Man whom you played with yes, while regularly during, you know, like this game. Yes. Like, yeah, that, that would have been rough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I didn't really have any real issues per se with the, the controls. Once you get used to them, they're they're a little bit looser than I think Mario Kart, which is what my brain immediately like projected onto this. So, you know, like like hitting right, you know, makes you turn and slide a little bit more but once you once you get used to it that that was pretty pretty straightforward um the thing that bugged the uh well okay so one of the things that bu bugged me and i don't know if this is common with racing games because i don't really play a whole lot of racing games they're just not really they're not really my jam i think mostly because to me the only racing games i really like are like arcade games when oh, we you know you're sitting have, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we're in the car you've got you know it's got the rumble it's got that feel to it you know that really immersive feel like i really enjoy that aside from that i'm just i don't really care that much about cars to me cars are a conveyance you know whatever so that being said so i don't know if this is common with racing games but having 
cars on the course that are not cars you're <gasps> racing against. Are we going to talk about that now? <laughs> oh, can we talk about that now? Yes. No, let's talk about that now. I hate that. I hate that so much because every time. OK, because one, two things. One is is only bad, right? Because first of all, you can run into them, which is why they're there. They're there as potential obstacles. But in that case, you know make me race against more people than I'm racing against, you know, because every time I would overtake one, I was like, yeah, wait, I was already in first. Yeah. Oh yeah. So literally there was no win condition. When I entered into this, there was, there was, there was no way that I could come out better. I could just come out the same. And then, you know, when like somebody would pass me, it was just, ah, oh, that was a frustrating mess. I hated it. So <laughs> I like the way we circled around on the visuals of, you are kind of like outside of the matte painting that you're seeing off in the distance because uh, that creates an interesting question here, which is uh, who, where the hell are who you? are these people? Like, <laughs> <laughs> What are they doing on the course with you? Because first off, all of the non-racer cars all look identical, which really right. says to me, you are actually right in the middle of a city. And this is like the Honda Civic of the future, which is why you see so many of them. <laughs> and it's just like traveling at 400 kilometers per hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, slightly less. Yeah. Right. Them. But, but th this <laughs> is the thing is it, it irritates me that I feel like I'm so far away from the rest of the world and that I'm on like a, an officially sanctioned racetrack, and yet the presence of these freaking randos communicates the exact opposite <laughs> that you're you are like street racing through a populated area, and these are just other people drive like some moron is like going home from work, and then all these d bags like go flying by at hundreds of kilometers an hour. And here's the thing you do, these are not just course obstacles. These cars are on the course because if you lap the same yep. car often enough and you bump them aggressively enough, they will eventually explode just like you would eventually explode, which means some idiot is going home from his friggin' job and you just like take their life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, actually. So I, I literally I did walk go on to the Wikipedia because uh, I do always love it when we come up with our, our fan theories, you know, like like what, what we think is going on. And there's a, this, this big game, game series. Right. So I was just kind of like, well, maybe they already have like an in-game established mythos behind this. And I couldn't find any. So here's my theory <laughs> is that these are like, um, oh, like they're, they're they're running man contestants, you know, <laughs> like they're criminals. <laughs> <laughs> so like so this is this is death race <laughs> yeah yeah so like like there's you you're like the gladiator you know like you're the officially sanctioned racer but these other people are like like death row criminals that they just put into cars and you know like if they make it through the track you know like x number of races then they win their freedom or something <laughs> like that that's that's what i that's what i came up I with i 100 accept this theory <laughs> Especially because you can tell the penal system in this Judge Dread future is not not very pro-rehabilitation because we are all in, like, super-powered... Like, we're the villains in The Running Man, right? Because oh, we yes. have flamethrowers and buzzsaw hands, and then all of these people are in their friggin' Honda Civics, right? No, we are, we are District 1, <laughs> and these are the Districts 4 through 12, you know? Like... Yeah, now that, that's that's what I was able to come up with because I had to come up with something for why this these frustrating, you know, 
like like people i was like why what why do you even bother to come like this man you know like yeah, no i I, needed... I used the phrase every time i blew one up i often found myself using the phrase like i just took that guy's life so i could win this race <laughs> and i don't know who they were i don't know what their story was but i I got first, so I don't care. And like, that's a weird, right? Because in, there are lots of modern street racing games where there are like regular pedestrians on the road. And like, if you crash into them or something, the, the people who are watching your illegal street race are like, Oh, and it's like, it's like a part of the world, right? It's a, it's like a right. too fast, too furious kind of thing. But this feels like you are doing future NASCAR. And yet there are, unsanctioned vehicles so i really have now fully bought into this is actually future death race and these are criminals trying to buy time off their sentences yeah no i mean i'm i and i i'm fortunate i don't really get the the too fast too furious reference i i, I never really got well, into that did, series mostly because street I didn't, racing yeah well I, and i never i never watched the first one and i didn't think i could watch any of the others because of the highly cerebral storyline oh yeah that, that no clearly if you, if you don't watch story. them from the beginning in order you will never be right. able to keep up with what's going on oh yeah, yeah. no absolutely i i naturally assumed that a submarine breaking out of the ice while people are you know driving on it would make sense had i only know the lead had you but known yeah <laughs> <laughs> um another so the other thing that I, that I absolutely want to make sure that we touch on during game game mechanics and all that sort of stuff is the um, just impressive strength and durability of the rubber made to use the rubber to, to create the rubber band physics in this was impressive. I mean, that is well, and that's a, that's American made. And, right there. and they have an abundance of this rubber because they've also made all of the cars and walls out of this rubber. <laughs> because if you yeah, no, dare to touch one of those other cars or walls, you just go pinballing all over the damn course. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean like you, you, it is impressive with how punishing that is. And then the fact they seem like, cause I, I played it on beginner. Cause I was like, I'm not looking for a yeah, challenge yeah. here. <laughs> let's, let's all be real. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to play this game. Like, the the degree to which literally how few mistakes i was able how 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 long i could perform well and then how few mistakes i could make before all of a sudden i was overtaken yeah. you know like that was i i was always kind of to the point where i thought it was frustrating cuz and, and and even still like if i screwed up really really bad and then got put into sixth how long it would take me to get back into you know whatever first you know like it would normally but but even still like it was to their credit there was no point from my point of view where the the race was completely lost you know yeah because the the rubber band physics does seem to you ever see the movie heart and souls er, er, early Maybe. robert downey jr movie it's a fantastic rom-com early 90s no i've not seen heart heart or souls or heart and souls <laughs> uh, so the thing about heart and souls is uh the all these people die and their souls get like locked on to robert downey jr's character and he has to help them like finish their business before they can go into the afterlife and so it's like the sixth sense but a rom-com yes um <laughs> I, yeah i mean i never thought about it that way but that's the only way i'm ever gonna think about it again <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but the they show you very early just to let you know what the rules of the universe are is that they can't get more than like twenty or thirty feet away from him, right? And mm-hmm. and where to the point where like he goes running off and like they literally just get dragged like through walls and like because they're ghosts, right? So they just they they get right. dragged in a straight line in his direction. Um, and and I felt like F Zero did that kind of rubber banding where you mm-hmm. can't create an insurmountable lead, but neither can they like you, you right. almost always can recover within reason, but you can almost always recover from these catastrophic mistakes where you feel like, Oh my God, I, I was sent colliding with the wall and then into this other car and then back into the wall and I'm facing the wrong direction now and everything has gone South, but at least on beginner. Cause I also only played on beginner cause come on. Um, but at least, at least on beginner, I never felt like, oh, I might as well just restart the course. And and I I like that feeling. I like feeling like I should continue playing your game. That's true. But um, and and I myself, to wax philosophical here for a moment, have espoused the idea that there is no difference between a perfect illusion and reality. <laughs> it's right? true. Yes, we we have spoken about this. Yes, we, 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 we have. Um, but the problem is imperfect illusions, right? So if this was a perfect re- illusion where, like, I felt that, you know, I, I made a mistake, but through my own grit and integrity and ability to, like, pull through, I managed to, you know, pull, pull up. Or that, you know, like, like, even though I was, you know, behaving with aplomb, you know, like this other racer was just on my heels the entire time because of their skill and, and, and wherewithal that that'd be fine, but that's not the case <laughs> in, in, in my experience. I, I, I would love it if that were true, but that just ain't the truth. <laughs> the truth is they're the weak and I'm the tyranny of evil racers, but I'm trying lions. <laughs> I'm trying real hard to be captain Falcon. So, <laughs> <laughs> strong work truly truly <laughs> excellent podcasting <laughs> so all that being said like i i just i felt like and and that's why i said you know at one point where what lap are you on i don't care it doesn't matter it, it just what matters is that i can't make it doesn't matter whether it's the first lap or the last lap i can't make three mistakes in a row ever mm. you know like if i make three mistakes in a row i'm gonna be in sixth place and then it might matter you know because but aside from that i'm going that that guy is going to be right on my heels when i cross the finish line so i can make zero mistakes in the last 30 seconds that's about it you know and 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 it actually reminded me a little bit of um something that we see actually in common commonly in video games in in first person shooters they have similar mechanics right which is you can only get shot so hard for so long before you die right there is no health right which would be the equivalent yes yes okay Right. So, so it's, it's a similar mechanic, but I think that the difference, though, is that it's it's the number of mistakes you're able to make and how quickly you can like interim recover from them. So if I go if I make an objectively it's like in D&D, if I make an objectively stupid, de- <laughs> if a player makes an objectively stupid decision, I will punish them for that. But if they're playing the game well and just the dice are against them, I'll like mulligan stuff's towards in their favor right but it's if all of a sudden like a turn comes out of nowhere because again the visuals aren't good enough to let you know where turns are coming so you slam into 15 walls <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're in sixth place i don't feel like i did anything wrong so that would be like me stealthily walking into an area and all of a sudden 15 mobs descending upon me all of them unloading their clips into me and me dying right yeah, you like, know like that, that's not how those games work and that's not how this game should work you well, know that, i mean 
again, like reaching and, and trying to defend them a little bit, like that's a way that they communicate to you that success comes through memorizing the course, right? Success yes. does not come through being a better driver because we can make the computer drivers every bit as good as you and we control the universe. We can make them phase through walls and appear in front of you if we wanted to, right? So like they're, they are, the designers are, I don't think maliciously, but are very intentionally communicating to you Every race is going to feel like a nail biter. Like we have intentionally written the game engine. And I think this is true of racing games in general, and especially true of kart racing games where they're like, we've written the game engine so that every race, no matter how good or bad you are as a player will feel like a nail biter. You either just barely won, or you just barely came in second or third, or you're so catastrophically bad that you just took last. Right. But, but they want you to, get that like nail biter feeling as often as possible. And if you are down for like, yeah, I'm just here to memorize the track. I don't care if I win by half a second or half a mile. Like I'm just, I'm here to basically play against myself. Then you're okay in a world where that's true. And it's always going to be a nail biter and you are trying to improve as a player and you want to see that improvement through a bigger and bigger lead it's never going to happen because they control the universe yeah. and they have decided every race is going to be nail biter. Right. And that's the thing though, is that I think that it's, it's kind of like, um, I guess more like modern storytelling versus Greek storytelling <laughs> where it's kind of like, like, you know, is every race a nail biter because you know, the, the, that's just the intensity of the world that we live in or is every race a nail biter because God's come in and make sure that that's the case. Cause they're bored, yeah. you know, like that's the thing is that if, if I felt that, you know, every race was a nail biter because, you know, like they, they put in obstacles that, you know, get more intense over time. You know, like if maybe, I don't know, like, let's just say, for example, let's say you halved the number of courses, right. But what you did instead was on the last two laps, right. You know, like that's when they say like time to crank this up to 11 and they like change it. So that way there are additional obstacles, mm. right. Or they say like, multi-ball and they send in all of the convicts all at once you know like you know like something to to actually increase the difficulty so that way then that would occlude the fact that they've tightened up that rubber band towards the end you know and said like actually we, we added these to kind of like obscure the fact that realistically we've taken some of your agency away from you in the same way that games that are truly like choose your own adventure no they're not you know like all, all of they're not no one has all free the, will the, we're all just atoms <laughs> we're all gonna die <laughs> it's all physics it's, it's hard determinism <laughs> um but no i mean like all the branches come back otherwise like literally from the first decision you make they'd have to make two games they'd have to make like 30 different games 50 100 different games right so these these branching trees come back but they do make you feel like these decisions that you're making are meaningful right um and they do that by like very rarely lifting the veil and realizing that like well dialogue options a b and c actually all lead to the same very well crafted response that makes sense regardless of any of those three that you chose right so it it doesn't break that immersion it is a perfect illusion right whereas this is very imperfect and if they just like and it's weird to to you know push for this but i'm like i'm like please obscure this illusion more so i can't see through it you know because then i would find it more satisfying yeah or remove it and let me once i'm good enough finish with like a 40 second lead right or or because exactly. they could they could build in 
uh, to a kart style racing game, instead of doing it through rubber band physics, they could like have a a more granular difficulty curve. So like instead of three, you know, beginner, intermediate, and expert, you have like a 10 point scale. And they could even, if they wanted to get clever, interject and be like, every time you win with like a 30 second lead or like a half lap lead, we are going to ratchet up the difficulty. And we're going to continue to do that until you don't take first anymore. Right. And like, there are other yep. ways you could build that in, but I don't personally find the rubber band physics satisfying because it's just, it's the game reminding you that they're the game, right? They're the authority. Right. You, you don't have yeah, agency. They make all the rules, and no matter how good you are, every race is going to be a nail-biter. And then it's like, well, I might as well just only do practice courses just for time, because every race is going right. to be a nail-biter. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, even even if they did something like kind of interesting, you know, like if you finish the course with... Uh, you know, like you said, like a 30 second lead or a half lap lead, right? Just interjecting a singular cutscene, you know, of like Captain Falcon, like walking up to your racer, your car, whatever, and saying like, like, hey, you're, you know, like you're too good for this course. I'm coming for you now. And then ratcheting the hell out of the rubber band physics with that particular yeah. vehicle, you know? And then you're like, oh no, you know, like that now he's after me. He's out to get me. And And even though like, it's very clear that they're, tightening up those rubber band physics just adding that narrative in is like no it's not that they're just doing this to make sure that it's a nail biter they're doing it because he's out to get me in yeah, particular yeah, you know like nail thicker yeah exactly <laughs> just to do some things that way i can't obviously see like oh well no, none of my decisions matter we're all like this is this is all meaningless we all turn to dust you know like all of that all that good stuff. Um, what, what else do you have? Uh, I, you know, there's a few other things that I was like, oh, this is like a, a weird mechanic. This is like an odd thing that they bothered to include. But, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> so I, I guess <laughs> so, I'm kind of curious because you didn't play this game. Like, how did this, knowing the time in history this is from, having played lots of other kart style racing games, like, how'd this hold up for you? <laughs> Um, and again, I just all the cards on the table. I do not know why in particular this game really rubbed me the wrong way. And I really tried to divorce myself from that because the degree to which I was finding myself frustrated with was not proportionate to the degree to which it should be frustrating. All of that being said, uh, no, it doesn't <laughs> hold up. Um, and the thing is, that, <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, of racing games, um, but honestly, play play mario kart you know either play mario kart or if if the real thing that you want is something that's not you know like that it's super fast quote unquote because you know it's not actually that much faster it's just that they have a bigger number on the screen which makes it feel faster but whatever <laughs> um if, if you want something like that you really should play a more modern more immersive game you know um even just a a, a game later in the series because i did look up some of like the the other games in Oh, yeah, and yeah there's a whole bunch of it and they're like like play play one of those i would not recommend going back and and playing this the only so so for the question of should you have nostalgia goggles to play it yes because i think that that would be very very helpful because if you, if you have nostalgia goggles chances are you remember some of the courses and that'll take a lot of the edge off but if somebody's just kind of like hey man i just uh want to play this game for for beginners it's like oh did you not stop by the ray-ban store and pick up those nice thick nostalgia <laughs> goggles i would i would i would probably rent a different is that, game is that ha <laughs> hashtag sponsored by ray-ban <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, I would love it if Ray Band would make and uh, send to us some nostalgia goggles. That would be that would be fine if you're listening, Ray Band executives. <laughs> yeah. Please, please send us free stuff. Um, yeah, I need, I take Oakley. Stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not. I'm not, you know. I'm not a jerk. I mean, nothing else. Like, I, I don't want. Unless, unless Ray Ban's listening, then in which case, I I hate Oakley <laughs> and only Ray Ban. Unless only Oakley's. <laughs> oh no, it's the this whole thing is falling apart. <laughs> <You're> done. <laughs> um, yeah. So my nostalgia goggles for this were pretty thick. Uh, this is a high prescription nostalgia goggles, and it and that <laughs> bore out. Right. The the fact that I had like only cloudy memories of playing this as a rather young kid like early in my games literacy also not being huge into driving games but i do like kart racing games like i'm a big mario karter right Right. and there's been some other other good kart racing games not a lot though (laughs) mostly mario kart um but i i i i kind of sat down to this and once i figured out my controller was broken like that left me with like a weird taste in my mouth and i was like oh okay so okay right it's like i put the nostalgia goggles on but like didn't take them out of the case so 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 i'm like (laughs) i can't see anything oh oh okay so that like first impression was so tinted awkwardly and then just like all these little weird decisions like i can't play it two player and like the rubber band physics are so egregious and the graphics are like kind of nauseating and there's actually some spots where like I would swear to God that the car is sliding sideways, even though I'm, I'm not touching a direction <laughs> on the D pad at all. So like I, if, if I had to uh, rank this game, I would give it an F zero. The curtain falls, the music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land. Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creeping with the end of a smile. You realize again what you lost for a while. You're gonna think back much less on how you saved the day. Oh!
I feel that we should retool the tagline to this, which is F zero F this a lot. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good.